Blog Talk Radio. And I Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is made possible by Help for HD International, and we would like to thank our sponsors, Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today our guest is John Alma. John Alma is president and CEO of EIP Pharma. Until May of 2014, he was therapy in the therapy area head of disease of aging within Santa Fe research and development. In the role, he led global research and development activities directed at Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease, as well as a number of age-related diseases. Previously, from 1997 until 2008, he held positions of increasingly respons- increasing responsibilities at Vertex Pharmaceuticals, including chief medical officers, officer and EVP medicine development. We've all heard of Vertex lately, so this is really interesting. Um, I can't wait to hear more about um, Vertex and how I just heard today that um, EIP is actually right next door. So it's exciting. I'm really excited. I can go on and on about John. He um, He has worked in HIV, hepatitis, cystic fibrosis. Um, He worked for Biogen. Um, he has got, he has um, his, of course, his, he got his MD at Northwest University School of Medicine. Um, he completed his fellowship and um, he got his doctoral fellowship at Diana Farber Cancer Institute. He's amazing. Um, you guys can all see his full bio on our show page, but we, I would like to jump right in the show and hear about this exciting company, IEP, who is very new to us at Health HD. So, I look forward to this interview. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Alma. Um, thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure to be on the show, and thank thank you for uh, inviting me and giving us the giving me the opportunity to talk about EIP Pharma and what we're doing both in Huntington's disease and then the other areas of of uh, neurologic disorders that that we're active in. Yes, so let's start out by talking about and you telling us a little bit about what is IEP Pharma. So, EIP Pharma, we're we're based in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. We're um, one of the leaders, if not the leader, in where we believe the the next wave of science and uh, breakthroughs in the treatment of neurodegenerative diseases are going to come from. Um, the focus for in the major neurodegenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's disease, uh, for a long time has been on the pathology. Um, in the case of Alzheimer's, it's, it's amyloid beta, uh, more recently on uh, amyloid plaques, and more recently on uh, tau as, as, a, as a target. 
Um, I think in the with the science uh, that understanding that people have come to over the last few years, um, the real opportunity for therapeutics development and the breakthroughs in treatment, we and others believe, are going to come on focusing on the synapse, which is the uh, interconnection between neurons, how neurons communicate with mm-hmm. each other. Um, it's the first mm-hmm. part in all of these diseases um, that are... Um, that begin to deteriorate. It's the major part of the early part of the neurodegenerative process. And what we've learned in the last few years is that the key connection between the pathology or the cause and triggers of many different neurodegenerative diseases, including Huntington's disease, is inflammation and neuroinflammation, which is inflammation in the brain, Mm -hmm. and how inflammation uh, ends up impacting uh, synaptic function and um, begins this process of damage and deterioration to synapses, which is called in the in the trade uh, in in science as, as synaptic dysfunction. Um, an opportunity from a drug development standpoint and a discovery in therapeutics development standpoint uh, is that treating synaptic dysfunction is something we can actually do in animals. Um, it's, it's, it's a part of the disease that actually seems responsive to treatment. Um, and in animals, we see both improvement in function and a slowing of, of, of further progression. And so there's really robust effects. Um, and we, with the drug we're developing, nephromapamone, we're hoping we're at the lead of being able to show in patients and people that, in fact, what we've seen in animals could actually be translated um, to, to patients. And, and we'll see whether in, in over the relatively near future, um, but we're hoping to really be able to fundamentally uh, impact by focusing on inflammation, synapses, and on the early stage of disease, which is the part where synaptic dysfunction is the key driver of the disease. Mm, okay. So, and I know we're going to get more into more about this medicine, but it sounds like it, it, if this was to show to be to work and effective, it would be more like early, the earlier the intervention, possibly the better. Um, Absolutely. When these, this I mean, that, to, I think that is yeah. where. In, in many different contexts, um, including in Huntington's disease and the, and the study um, that we're, 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 um, we are now uh, is ongoing that we just recently started, the focus is very much on the, on the early stage of the, stage of the disease. Um, and that's where, again, it's where we know the most about and where we believe that um, we're going to have the most opportunity to really bring meaningful um, treatment and impact the disease course for patients. Mm-hmm. So, so IEP is currently doing re- research on the Nefa Mapipod mod, and uh, I will let yeah. the doctor re- uh, correct me on that. But tell us a little bit about your medicine. So our drug is is, uh, is Nefa Mapimod. Um, it is a, um, it is the mechanism of action is it inhibits a very, spe- uh, it very specifically inhibits a protein um, called P38 alpha. 
there's a much longer name, but it's a shorthand name, is P38 alpha, which is in inside, in, in this context, is inside neurons in the synapse. Um, it's known that inflammation will increase the activity of this, the, this, this uh, protein, P38 alpha, um, and that activation of P38 alpha actually inhibits the, it directly impairs how neurons communicate with each other. And if this process um, of synaptic dysfunction, again, is, is left untreated, that will result eventually in neuronal loss and ongoing progression of, 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 of disease. Now, our drug, nephromapimone, directly uh, inhibits activity. So if there is aberrant overactivation, you block the activity of P38 alpha, that in many different animal models and systems, we know will then actually reverse the synaptic dysfunction and rescue the, the cognitive deficits that the animals will, will impair and, and, and effectively block many aspects of, 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 of the disease, of various diseases, that, um, of various neuro, uh, neurologic or neurodegenerative diseases um, in, in animals. Um, this drug was actually discovered at Vertex uh, many years ago when I was uh, chief medical officer there. Um, and we were developing it for a completely different disease, um, rheumatoid arthritis. For a variety of different reasons, we decided this, this drug did not, was not the optimal one to pursue for, as a treatment for rheumatoid arthritis. We, um, we shelved it. Um, Many years later, or some years later, after I'd left Vertex, there was a this science that I've been talking about and the connection between P38 alpha, inflammation, synaptic dysfunction. There was emerging literature evidence that this was a nexus that we could intervene with if only we had a drug like nephlomapamone that was specific to blocking P38 alpha and could get into the brain. Uh, one of the challenges in, in neurodegenerative diseases is that uh, many of the molecules that in a test tube may work uh, for doing what you want it to do, do not work in animals or humans because the brain is designed to keep out most chemical molecules. It protects itself. There's something called the blood-brain barrier, and you need to have drugs that get into the brain. And this molecules, this drug turns out to do that. Um, and so EIP Pharma uh, went back, uh, which I had founded, licensed this compound from Vertex Pharmaceuticals. And because Vertex had already um, done a fair amount of work in animals and in humans, and there was clinical safety data, some efficacy data in rheumatoid arthritis, we could go directly into starting trials in Alzheimer's disease, um, in early stage Alzheimer's disease, which we did um, a couple years back. Uh, we finished mm -hmm. the first set of uh, small studies, and now um, last year we started a what's called a phase 2B trial. It's the last study before phase 3, um, and that's and, um, that study is ongoing. It's actually nearing completion. We'll have data from that study this fall, 
And if that study is successful, we would then move to uh, move, move to phase three. Um, a key part of the study is, is or it's designed to show proof of concept that in early stage Alzheimer's disease, we can reverse synaptic dysfunction, improve memory function with that. Um, mm -hmm. And then in parallel, as we were completing, nearing completion uh, of this phase 2B study, uh, within the last month, we started studies in, uh, in early stage Huntington's disease. Um, which I know is why the reason why you reached out to us. Um, again, thank you for the invitation. Um, and then we also started a study in a, a phase two study in uh, as a treatment in both cases to treat the cognitive deficits associated with Huntington's disease or in the second study with uh, in, in dementia of Lewy body. Mm -hmm. So this, so if this is already, because I, you know, we always talk on the show and, and in our events about, you know, uh, bench to bedside. That takes a long time for it to the science to happen. But it sounds like this is actually in the the phase that there's actual human trial approved by the FDA, obviously for Alzheimer's, um, for the trial, but for Huntington's as well. So we, um, so the the Huntington's disease study is. We're, we're, so altogether to this point, we have had approximately 250 patients and volunteers who have received nephilim mode for up to now six, six months of treatment. We actually have a reasonable amount of, of, of safety information, um, which is why this was a good time to go start a trial in Huntington's disease, because we, we, know, we, we know a reasonable amount of this drug. We know which doses are active, have some biologic effects in, in the brain. We have, a, we have safety information. We know how patients respond, what the side effects are, and at what doses, what doses we, we, we want to stay, stay away from. Um, mm -hmm. So we are in the U.S. We're approved for, we have an, it's called an open IND, so we can conduct trials in mm -hmm. Um, in any different um, uh, disease indication. Um, the trial in Huntington's disease that we just started and actually are actively enrolling patients now is being conducted in the UK um, okay. at the University of Cambridge, uh, which is one of the leading Huntington's disease centers um, in the UK and globally. One of their, yeah. uh, what they are very much a leader in is defining the specific, the early part of Huntington's disease and the manifestations, which actually starts in most people, uh, not with the mo movement disorder, which is how generally Huntington's disease is characterized. In most people, it starts with either cognitive deficits or um, behavioral uh, or uh, subtle psychiatric abnormalities. But the most common first set of symptoms um, is in cognitive deficits. And the University of Cambridge has been the leader in defining the specific nature of the cognitive deficits and what's the first step in that. And one of the things yeah. that's come out is what's surprising is that um, – Though um, I think you know, and many of your leaders may know, that the part of the brain that's uh, 
that we generally think of with Huntington's disease as being impacted is the, the striatum and the frontostriatal network. Um, but the cognitive deficits, the early ones in particular, are actually linked to the hippocampus, which is the, the part of the brain that is responsible for memory formation. Um, and that connection is actually one of the reasons we're looking at our drug in um, cognitive as a treatment for the, particularly in the early stages in the cognitive deficits in Huntington's disease. Um, it's a link between why Alzheimer's and Huntington's disease, they're not necessarily considered to be similar diseases, but one of their overlaps is this dysfunction in the hippocampus, um, which seems to be in both cases, inflammation in the hippocampus that leads to the memory deficits and the cognitive deficits that are in fact common uh, between the between the two, two, two diseases. There's, there's a variety mm -hmm. of other reasons why a P38 alpha kinase inhibitor like nephilamphamoid uh, makes sense perhaps even more generally as a treatment for Huntington's disease because in animal models, some of the toxicity of the hunting, mutant Huntington protein to neurons is actually linked to P38 alpha um, ac activation and again to neuroinflammation. Mm -hmm. I think it's so. I think and, it's so interesting what you. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was saying what you were saying was so, is so interesting to me because you're talking about um, you know the the cognitive impairment and the, some of the behaviors and psychiatric components start way before motor manifest. And that's something we've been saying as a community for so long. And I know the professionals have been looking into that our loved ones, I mean, start cognitive loss. I mean, they can't keep their jobs. Things like this is happening way before we start to see Korea. Um, so, you know, I think this is really, really exciting for a company to look at these things that are happening before. A lot of times they wait till like motor manifest and then they start talking like this is before that. Um, so I was just, I was just saying, right. I and, think that's and, something that's, and that's, yeah. that's exactly right. And, and I think it's, it's one of the reasons why, um, why when we first had the conversation, it's, um, it's professor Roger Barker uh, at um, mm -hmm. uh, Cambridge university. He was very actually mm -hmm. uh, emphatic about that, that, even though it's it's early, uh, it's the first manifestations. These are people who are actually otherwise do quite well. Um, it is exactly it's that it's it's he and his University of Cambridge who've been really the people who have been the strongest advocates of this concept of we should really be understanding diagnosing the cognitive deficits early because this is what is the first it's it's what leads to job loss it's what leads to uh -huh. um consistently it's it's the major it what has the first impact on on many patients is actually the the, the cognitive deficits and we were um uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know it was just it it took one conversation with him and um along with the science part of this would actually work that um we we just said okay we should do this study um, and we should do it with him. And what, what, one of the 
good things. Uh, well, one one of the things we can do because it is early. Um, the 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 study we designed um, is a within subject crossover study. So patients will receive um, drug for ten weeks and will either get drug or placebo, nephromapping mode or placebo for ten weeks. Wait ten weeks without any to stop and wait, and then come back and do another ten week study period treatment period where if they got placebo, they'll get drug, and if they got drug, they will get um, uh, placebo. So every patient ends up being their own control, and you can get really mm-hmm. understand a lot more and have a lot more what's called statistical power to see um, treatment effects. And um, it's a, it's, we're, we're, we're very um, excited by the prospects of this particular, and they've actually... Uh, been pioneers in how you can actually pick up the cognitive deficits, how you can characterize them, et cetera. So we'll, um, we, we, we really look forward to progressing this study. Um, because it's within subject crossover, it will take a little bit of time to run the whole study, and we mm-hmm. expect the data from the study then in the second half of, of next year. But okay. we're ver- very much um, on board with you and much of the patient community that we should not be ignoring these cognitive deficits because this yeah. is the this is what for many people is the first major impact on their lives are the cognitive deficits and particularly in relation to because for many people they are in their uh, peak uh, time in terms of work and professional life mm-hmm. uh, when the mm-hmm. symptoms begin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think the cognitive, it's so hard also for caregivers to understand because we're not seeing, and I'm sure it's like this in the Alzheimer's uh, community as well, we're not seeing the the symptoms, right? Like we can see motor man, we can see chorea, we can see dystonia, we can see gait, we can see all this stuff, but with the cognitive in the beginning, it's very confusing as a caregiver even why your loved one and it, it's almost like you get a light bulb moment when you realize that as a community you start talking that this is, some, this is something that happened early on in disease, even before diagnosis. And we go, oh, that's, you know, now we understand because caregivers, it's really hard. These little glimpses of cognitive um, impairment, it's sometimes hard for us to pick up right away. Um, Absolutely, Katie. I mean, so. it, and it, it's, it's also from a, I think from a, the patient, the person who is actually impacted, um, cognitive deficits are, are hard things to admit to yourself. Never mind to your to your caregiver sure. or your you know your spouse or people around you, or your boss or your colleagues at work. Um, so there's a sure. there's a lot of uh, denial, um, and it it does require I think the medical and scientific community to really be at the lead of embracing and getting people to understand that this is how this manifests itself. Um, and we believe that if we had a treatment, if that were what we were specific for, that would be very valuable for patients. Yeah. And I know uh, my final question, I know this, this all depends on, on the question of the trial in Europe, but is there, if, is there kind of a, a glimpse into the future if this shows promising um, data that we will get a trial here in the U.S.? Absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, I look forward um, to hearing and watching um, everything going on at I uh, at EIP. This is um, exciting stuff. I, I think that it's so fantastic that we're talking about treating Huntington's disease in other ways than just movement. Um, this is a disease that has a lot of complicated um, um, symptoms that impact families um, as a whole. So to start talking about cognitive, um, uh, of course, psychiatric and movement altogether um, is exciting for our community to see that uh, there may possibly be therapies and treatments in the future for these symptoms for us. Um, so thank you so much for coming on with us today and talking to us. And um, please uh, let us know if anything that we can report on the show uh, to the community, because um, I know now that we've done the show, we're all going to be watching closely. Um, I think the only update I have for you guys, I am jumping on an airplane in a couple hours to head off to Wichita, uh, Kansas. We are hosting a Help for HD International Education Day. I always say please register, but unfortunately our registration is full. Uh, this is the first time this has ever happened, but we have so many families coming out. We actually filled up the whole capacity of the room uh, with HD families. So we will be virtually live streaming this event. So uh, anything you guys want to watch uh, virtually, we will make sure that that's available uh, to see all the speakers speak. Um, and so watch uh, close for that. Uh, we are excited. And then, of course, Las Vegas registration is open for our education day in Las Vegas on October 12th. So we hope uh, to see you guys there. If you can come, and we will be offering room scholarships for that event. So stay tuned, um, and hopefully we will be able to see you in Vegas. And everyone coming out for Wichita, we look forward to seeing you in a couple days. Um, I think that is all for now. Everyone have a safe week and tune in next week to hear Seth Rotberg talk about Odyssey, uh, our Odyssey on the radio show. Take care.